0: Gonnavarro weaving his way through, and it's in! Sensational football by the Chicago fire, fire, fire! A man on fire! All right, football fans, welcome into episode number seventy-five of the Intercontinental Football Show. We have a quartet of mediocrity today. Joined. By none other than Arlo White, Emmett McConnell, our new producer, and his last episode with the pod, none other than Andrew Williams. And of course, Arlo White is back from his vacation in Greece. I would say that he is sun-kissed, but it is more sun-scorched at the moment. (laughs) Um, And hopefully by the time that he's in the booth at SeatGeek Stadium on Sunday, it's going to be a beautiful bronze. But we've got loads to talk about, including... Chicago Fire's loss at Philadelphia and of course we'll preview the game against NYCFC this upcoming weekend Arlo how are you doing my friend you look refreshed you look rejuvenated and it looks like you might have forgotten your sunscreen as well
1: yeah well no I didn't forget the sunscreen it's just that there isn't a sunscreen powerful enough to to keep the sun from turning me into a tomato unfortunately so I uh, decided to get yeah to stay in the sun a little bit longer than usual this time Uh, I've got the beard going on as well so that'll disappear by the time we get to SeatGeek on Saturday but it was it was a lovely week the 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 food the people the relaxation the company um, it was it was much required and to be able to turn off mostly from the world um, it was it was fantastic i read a superb book on on uh, jfk um, um whilst i was out there and that was that was absolutely fascinating so stuff that wasn't necessarily to do with soccer just uh, just switching off the world and uh, now raring to go fly tomorrow we've got one day back here completing on a house sorting out some other stuff and then i'm on a flight to chicago tomorrow so can't wait for the weekend And we can't wait to have you back. And of course, the Intercontinental
0: Football Show is brought to you by Revolution Brewing, who, of course, are the creators of Hazy Pitch. But in addition to Hazy Pitch, Arlo, Freedom Lemonade is Revolution Brewing's second new beer that they launched in 2022. Freedom Lemonade began as a small test batch on Revolution's innovation brewing system. Feedback from tour groups, brewers, and the Rev crew was so loud that it was quickly scaled up into six packs. It's their hottest beer of summer 2022. It's got all the taste and feel of a shandy, but it actually is, in fact, a beer, and it is by far one of my favorites. And it's the Revolution Brewing family. Um, and it has been an absolute summer hit. And if you're looking to squeeze every ounce out of that Chicago summer, um, both literally and figuratively, I think Freedom Lemonade might just be for you. Um, Arlo, I hope that you and I can share a Freedom Lemonade or two yeah, or five um, when you when you get to Chicago land. And we cannot wait for that. Um, but let's talk briefly about the Philadelphia Union game, because obviously um, not ideal from a results standpoint. Um, you always knew that amidst this true of games where you're going to take on first, second, and third place in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be the most difficult one. You're going to the going to the home of, of the first place team in Major League Soccer, one of the best defensive teams as well as one of the best attacking teams in MLS. Jim Curtin has a well-oiled bunch. Um, and right from the opening whistle, um, the fire just sort of looked I want to say outmatched, but it just looked like Philadelphia were coming with a little bit more energy. Um, and it's not to say that the fire didn't create enough chances to maybe be able to get, um, you know, a first or second goal earlier on. They end up getting their their lone goal from Chris Mueller in the opening few minutes of the second half. But, um, you know, a couple of mistakes at the back here and there ended up being their undoing. Um, and and Philadelphia, you know, and I've said this time and time again, and Emmett McConnell, um, you know, is going to have to Uh, maybe remain silent on this topic because he is slightly biased being uh, from the Philadelphia area and being a union fan. They are a very, very good team um, just across the board. And I'm not saying that because they have a lot of good individual talent, which they do. They're just a good team. They're cohesive in the attacking third. They're really organized defensively. Um, There was one instance in the second half um, where we had set up shop, you know, the fire had set up shop deep into Philadelphia's um, defensive third. And from a pressing standpoint, rotation and posture, they just pushed the fire back all the way to Gaga slonina and forced and forced the ball all the way backwards. And it was just a scary look from from that group uh, who clearly were playing for something a little bit extra, having gotten beat by the fire six weeks earlier. But, um, you know, just a, a tough loss for the fire. I, I thought that they fought until the very end, um, but but beaten by a team that I think was was better. Them on the day but you know they've proven that they can beat them if they do squeeze into the playoffs and get philadelphia they at least have the proof of concept that they can get it done but um a difficult game on the road and, and now they have to return to to chicagoland and, and try to get back on the winning track against NYCFC.
1: Yeah, tough place to go there. Unbeaten at home this season, the Philadelphia Union, 8-0-5. So it's always a tough assignment to go there at the moment under Jim Curtin. 48 points, they lead the uh, the Eastern Conference by. They've got a five-point lead over Montreal, six points ahead of NYCFC, four defeats in 26. So you're looking at you know the class of Major League Soccer there. And one of those four defeats was against the Fire um, with a terrific performance a few weeks ago. So I think it's one of those that you file, file under... Um, file under inconvenient and you move on Tyler because that that was the end of what was a terrific unbeaten run Uh, points have been accrued we've been climbing the table for the last few weeks and that was always going to be a really really tough matchup And, and one that maybe if they do go back uh, to philadelphia at some point in the playoffs they've got a bit of muscle memory they they've 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 tried out the stadium they know what to expect and maybe that might come uh, in, in something in handy you know later on in the season as the playoffs begin the fire have got to get there though of course and after that defeat and results elsewhere the gap now is 3 points it's amazing how volatile this, this race is for the last couple of places in the Eastern Conference playoff shake-up because Toronto, as we suspected, have started to win with their new signings. Um, and they've started to click. They're on 30 points alongside the Fire. Um, Massive win for Charlotte over NYCFC this week. They've gone up to 32 points, Cincinnati 33, Miami 33, Orlando in that final spot at the moment. They are on 33, but above them, New England and Columbus are only on 34 themselves. So it's a real logjam whereby if you put a few games together, a few results together, we've seen what can happen because the Fire have done it uh, in the month of July. You can see what happens when you put together a run. But again, tough assignment Sunday, New York City FC come to town, but it might not be the worst time in the world to play them. The reigning MLS Cup champions, they've lost three in a row. They're winless in four. Brody Daly there, the coach that led them to that that great success when they won away at Portland in the MLS Cup final. He left to, to coach Standard Liège in Belgium. So Nick Cushing has come in. They've taken 16 points. Out of thirty-nine since since the managerial change, so they are slumping at the moment. Not to say they're a bad team overnight; and they've lost Tati Castianos as well, who's gone to Girona on loan, part of the City Football Group uh, over there in La Liga. Um, so this this it seems to me that they're wounded coming into C B Stadium on Sunday, Tyler. Not to say that they're they're ripe, you know, for a, for a thrashing by the Chicago Fire, but it just feels like right now it's a winnable game.
0: It's a it's a very winnable game. And and you say that they come in a little bit wounded, and that's not only just because they lose Tati Castellanos, the reigning golden boot winner from last year, um, and of course, who led them to an MLS Cup, but also because of the fact that Alexander Collins, who was going to be an MLS all-star, has been nursing an injury as well. So, you know, you're taking you're taking one of the better center backs in the Eastern Conference, you're plugging him out of the lineup. Um, and then, you know, you're thinking about this this NYCFC team from an attacking standpoint. They really don't have a true number nine anymore. I mean, Eber was the guy uh originally, you know, going into going into 2020 and um, you know before the ACL tear you know he was going to be the main number nine Tati Castellanos takes over he was the backup and he proves to be you know the guy who maybe should have been starting all along and now they're trying to piecemeal it and see you know maybe it's going to be a and he can maybe refine his form but you know coming back from an ACL injury is always really difficult or it's Tyus Magno who is typically played out on the wing for NYCFC Um, you know the young teenager from Brazil fancies himself as a number nine he's come out and said that publicly a number of times but you know for my money, seeing him play out on the wing. He's not too shabby either when he gets matched up 1v1 and he's able to actually face the goal and run at defenders. So they're trying to figure out sort of what their identity is after losing two big pieces in Collins and Castellanos, um, one of them being more temporary than the other. But but I totally agree with you. But But like you said, you know, no Keaton parks either in the middle of the field. So Maxi Morales has had to drop into a deeper position. Um and so he's been, you know, he's playing in, in that four, two, three, one, he's playing as one of the base defensive central midfielders. Um and he likes to operate in, you know, in the half spaces, in but in between the lines. And he wants to be in a more advanced role. But because of of the missing pieces right now, that's where he finds himself. So that's another piece in the middle of the park that, you know, is not playing where he should be playing. So I, I agree that they, they are they're not not ripe for a thrashing, but this is a good time to play NYCFC. And if we think back to last year last time that NYCFC came to Chicagoland, specifically came to SeatGeek Stadium. It was a 2-0 win for the Fire. And believe it or not, that was, I think that was late September when the Fire did that to NYCFC. And that was six weeks before they won MLS Cup. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is the, <laughs> this is a Fire team for whatever reason that really enjoys playing against NYCFC at SeatGeek Stadium. The two goals were scored by none other than Federico Navarro, his first to the Fire, and Robert Berich off a quick restart from Alvaro Medran, um, Was as we're throwing it back a little bit to 2021. So I I, I totally agree. This is this is a good time to play NYC FC, but loads of talent. You think of Santiago Rodriguez, you think of Pereira, Magno, Andrade, um, still a very good team. Um, You know, and again, we saw some great glimpses against Philadelphia again, Arlo. I mean, the relationship between Chris Mueller and and Jared and Shakiri just continues to be so fruitful. Yeah. Um, and and I you know and I think that you know Casper Shaboko a little bit of a setback after a good game against Charlotte, but um, you know this is this is you always knew that August was going to de- decide your season against some of the best teams in in the Eastern Conference, and and now you get two home games against the t- one of the two better teams in the East, and and you got it's it's put up or shut up time, um, and and three points on on Sunday would be absolutely huge to get yourself back into the playoff picture, maybe above the line, um, and just and just take your chances from there and see what happens against Montreal
1: um it's important to remember as well I mean I, you know I love major league soccer and I've been involved in the league since 2009 what I what I notice about it in contrast to a lot of different leagues around the world is it's very forgiving in terms of keeping your season alive getting into the playoffs uh we've discussed you know the fire had a, had a, a good start then a really poor run of 10 games and then they've got it together again to get themselves in the mix NYCFC through from from mid August last season through I think it was mid October when one match in that entire stretch, and yet they've done enough to get into the playoffs. They got hot in the playoffs and they won one MLS Cup at Portland. I mean, it's just remarkable, isn't it? You've just got to time your right, you run perfectly. eight to get into the playoffs, and then to go on a bit of a run in the playoffs. Seat Geek Stadium, I was there to call the Vancouver game off monitor, of course, in our studio there, which by the way is absolutely brilliant. Um, I've forgotten, I've forgotten how nice the stadium is. And, and it was bigger than I remember. Um, the fire don't have a bad record there in recent times when when um, we've had to shift away from from Soldier Field. The booth, by the way, has got one of the best views you could possibly it's Excellent, And then you have the, Chicago's, the you have the Chicago where. skyline in the background. It's, yeah. it's
0: really excellent. It really nice. is.
1: It's great. I mean, you know, people have got to get out there. I know the club are helping. If, if, are you across any uh, of, the, of the initiatives in place just to, just to help fans perhaps get from A to B? And when I say A to B, that's the pub to the stadium.
0: Yeah, there's. Listen, there, there. You know, the, the fire obviously uh, no stranger to the fact that it is inconvenient. That when we move to Soldier Field, you want Soldier Field to be your home for all 17 home games, but um, sharing it with an NFL team and sharing it with the Bears and, and them being the original tenant, um, it, it was always going to be the case where we were going to have to have some of these games here. And I think Arlo, the bottom line here is that Fire fans just have to sort of come to expect that as long as the Bears are going to be at Soldier Field, and who knows how much longer that's going to be with the potential move to Arlington Heights and everything. While the bear, while the Bears and the Fire. Or sharing soldier, there are just going to be you know some instances and in where. We're- the fire going to have to play at Seat Geek stadium. And it's just sort of an expectation at this point. I, I know for a fact that ticket sales department and, and the entire business side of the operation are trying to come up with ways to sort of make it up to season ticket holders and to people who think that they have 17 games at Soldier Field and might have a few at SeatGeek, but yeah, there are going to be some buses um, from a couple of different pubs. I know for one, one for a fact being, um, you know, the fire pitch and pub 97 over near North center. So, you know, trying to make it a little bit easier to get out to SeatGeek, which is not totally accessible um, via public transportation, but um Listen, I think that no matter what, this team uh, can draw fans as long as they as long as they continue to win. And I'll tell you another thing: Decision Day is also at SeatGeek. And yeah. you know, if 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 it comes down to a to a day where you need three points against the New England Revolution, who are also yeah. vying for one of those spots, I mean, why? You know, that that place that is going to be rock. absolutely rocking. That place is yeah. going to be rocking. Um, so. Listen, this is this is inconvenient, but like you said, there's some pub to pitch, um, you know, action going on, which is always helpful. And and at the end of the day, it's 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 a nice grass field Um, and and the fire are just going to try to make the most out of it. And, and like we said last time that they played at SeatGeek Stadium against NYCFC, clean sheet against the against the eventual champions um, and and. And just another thing, um, you know, just as far as uh, some injury updates are concerned, Gaston Jimenez came off with what looked like um, a hamstring injury after his media availability uh, yesterday. We're recording this on a Thursday, Ezra Hendrickson basically saying that he was going to get a scan later in the day. Um, so you hope it's nothing too serious for Gaston, but he he clearly was in some pain and he had to get stretchered off. Um, and then as far as Carlos Tehran is concerned, you know, they're hoping that he's going to be available and match fit uh, for this weekend against NYC FC, which is big because obviously with That's Gaston... Massive. I- Put yeah, Gaston out of the lineup. Um, you want Mauricio Pineda to be filling in next to Federico Navarro because we've seen that we know exactly what that looks like. Um, and the fires record with Mauricio Pineda in the starting 11 is quite good comparatively to when he's not in it. Um, and then you can allow Carlos Tehran to slide back into the center back position with Shejos, which is what we've come to know and, and expect. And we've seen good product from, um, you know, of course, after the injury to Wyatt Omsberg. So so that is good news amidst, you know, some other bad injury news with with Gaston Jimenez.
1: Well, the healing qualities of Carlos Turan must be fantastic because we expected him to be missing for four to six weeks. Has he been sleeping in a in an oxygen tent or something? I mean, how is that Cryo, in a in a cryogenic in chamber? chamber. Yeah, yes. that, that's remarkable. If he's available and he's fit for the weekend, that's huge. Particularly, as you say, in the context of Gaston Jimenez possibly being out with a hamstring injury. And then Maurizio Pineda, whose match fitness is improving, improving game by game, is able then to slot into the centre of midfield. That could be a massive factor. What, what Which way are you leaning in terms of the striker role at the weekend? And what are the decisions that Ezra has to make between Kasper Shabilko, who scored a couple of fabulous goals um, on the road uh, the other week in Charlotte, and then Blank in Philadelphia, John Duran, who had a, a really nice little spell in, in July. Um, how mm-hmm. do you read it? And what, what is it, what's the decision going to come down to?
0: You know, at this point, I think it honestly might come down to to the type of opponent that you're playing and and sort of what the game is going to offer. Um, you know, when I'm thinking about the way that NYCFC play and the way that they like to possess the ball, they want to get forward, they want to throw numbers forward, and they can leave themselves exposed going the other way, a bit more direct, and there will be space in behind. And I have no inkling as to what Ezra's thinking and what the coaching staff are, are leaning towards themselves. But, you know, for my money, I think that, you know, if you're thinking in a situation like that, then perhaps John Duran uh, might be a little bit more suited to playing against NYCFC. But then again, you know, if you're thinking about Casper and trying to keep his confidence up and coming off of Charlotte, you know, had a great couple of goals, didn't necessarily have the best performance against his former mates against the Philadelphia Union. Um, so maybe you want to try to maintain some cohesiveness. And, and listen, I think that Shakiri and Shabilko are starting to get a much better understanding of each other. There's there are a number of instances throughout the game we saw this in Charlotte, we saw it in Philly where Shakiri will pick up the ball on the left-hand side and Shabilko will just start to peel off and make sort of a diagonal run staying even with the back line, knowing that Shaq can pick that pass out um and and hoping for that sort of home run ball over the top. So they're starting to develop a good understanding with each other as well. So maybe you don't want to you don't want to ruffle the feathers of that. So I think you could go either way. Um, you know, obviously, you just want whoever's going to go in there to, to get the job done and to just put the ball in the back of the net. I think I, at this point, I don't think anybody cares. I don't think they care. You know what I mean? Everybody just wants to win at this point and be in a playoff run, and that's what they find themselves in right now. And whoever goes out there and gets the job done is whoever gets the job done. And and if you need to come on for 30 minutes and give that guy a break and maybe get and maybe get yours in, then that's the way it needs to be. So I, I think you really could go either way. Um, and I know that I'm kind of standing on the fence there and giving you quite the political answer, but uh, that's I think genuinely how I feel. And I think that the coaching staff has, has a difficult decision to make.
1: That was a perfect answer, Tyler, because I didn't say which one would you pick and why. I said, what is the decision going to be what based is, on? Yes a fully rounded answer into what Ezra must be thinking going into the game on Sunday, which kicks off at 5pm. Remember, it's at Seek Geek Stadium. Uh, NYCFC are the visitors. They have been one of the premier teams in Major League Soccer over the last couple of seasons. They are the reigning MLS Cup champions, but a reminder, they've lost three in a row. They're winless in their last four. They are above, of course, the fire in the standings, but this is a massive three points for the Chicago Fire to play for. And as Rafa Shihos says, if If we win our games, we will be in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. And we go back to what Ezra said about home games, whether it be Soldier Field, whether it be Geek Stadium, at home, make it a fortress. And that's what they have done of late. They've had some fantastic results at home, including a victory against the Seattle Sounders. Um, So home games have been very fruitful for the Chicago Fire. Lately, get there. What, however you get there. I don't care how you get there, get there if you can. Let's make that place absolutely rock. Uh, myself, Tony Miola, Tyler, uh, will have the, the call for you on WGN TV and CF97 Live. Any other business, Tyler, that you'd like to discuss at this point? Uh,
0: Domenico Crescito from Toronto FC had an absolute banger last night. Again, I'm recording this on a Thursday, Wednesday night game against... Uh, the New England Revolution and Toronto FC. Uh, his first goal in Major League Soccer was really special. And this Toronto team is making is making a little run right now. And we kind of always knew that that was going to happen with Bernadeschi and Senior coming in. Um, but but the the East is so ridiculously jam packed. The only team who's not theoretically in the playoff race is DC. I mean everybody everybody else. You know five through thirteen, nobody is safe. <laughs> Nobody is safe.
1: It's it's obscene. Five but points they're... separates fifth and thirteenth. And remember, the top seven qualify for the playoffs. That's ridiculous.
0: And LAFC are on are on record-setting pace to to shatter what New England Revolution did last year and reclaim the you know all-time points record in a regular season that they set. Um, so there's a lot of cool things going on in Major League Soccer right now. LAFC with a one 0 win over DC United um, last night, or that was Tuesday night actually. Um, so there's a I, there's MLS is just fun right now. Every you you cannot take your eyes away from any game. Although Emmett didn't even watch his team play last night, uh, the Philadelphia Union mid mid midweek. You know he's you know A Dub asked the question, "What else do you have to do?" And Emmett says, "I have my own rec league game that I need to play." And the former keeper (laughs) hung up the hung up the gloves and he just decides to be a field player. Emmett, what do you have to say for yourself, not watching your beloved Union uh, for for your own crappy uh, rec league game? And I say that knowing my own crappy rec league games.
2: Oh, yeah. The quality is very low, but if there was ever as a game to miss, I think this was this one.
1: That was not a good game for the Union. <laughs> Happily sit this one out. There you go. <laughs> well, tell me you won your rec league game, Emmett, at least. Got bad news for you, Arlo. Oh, dear. <laughs> Over two last night. Goodness me. I,
0: and, and, and any other business. I mean, a Yes. This is a you, you've A-A-W's had an emotional week, you know, he signs off and resigns on counterattack, obviously, which has been, um, you know, his main job. And then we became we became the side piece over the past year or so. And, um, and Andrew Williams is is going to be missed, you know, he helped us get this off the ground. And it's, it's pretty poetic that you're exiting on episode number 75, you know, right before we get to a century. Um, so so I'll cede the floor to you. And and if you want to, you know, say no, yeah. To the- I
2: appreciate it, Tally. Just like everything in my life, I know I go three quarters of the way, then I stop right there. <laughs> I never go the hundred percent. You know, somehow people just keep hiring me though. I don't know why. Somebody's gonna get fired for this one a hundred percent. But no, it's it's been fun from um Arlo's time at the Olympics, the games and everything. Unfortunately, we weren't ever all in the same room, but I may be traveling to Chicago in the coming month a little bit more. So I know Arlo's going to be back in Chicago as well. Excellent. So you know, couple you know, Revolution Brewing might have to make a couple pit stops if I'm out your way. Not eating any deep dish and watching my figure, even though we're going into the fall and football <laughs> season. Got to still watch it. But no, it's been it's been a blast all around.
1: And Chelsea won the Champions League during your tenure on they the Intercontinental did. Football Show. Um, they also, uh, bombed massively, didn't they last season and uh, towards the night, and they still haven't signed Wesley Fofana. So unfortunately, if that happens, it won't be on your watch, Adub. Um, we did win the club it.
2: world cup last year. So we yeah, got the club got world a cup,
1: cup. cup. Yeah. You were world, world and European champions simultaneously.
2: Yeah, exactly. Lukaku, uh,
0: Lukaku, Lukaku, Lukaku was bought and sold in Adub's tenure <laughs> on the intercontinental football <laughs> show as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's yeah. technically only loaned, So, you know, he could come <laughs> back and still be a Chelsea legend
0: one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well aw hey, listen just from a personal point of view you are extremely uh thorough professional at, at what you do you, you guide us you you have to herd us each week mainly me because we're on different uh different time zones um but it's been an absolute pleasure working with you and uh all the best in your future endeavors I know you're going to be missed by by the guys at Sirius we're going to miss you as well we welcome Emmett to the fold um I'm sure it's going to be pretty seamless um is he like the Jedi Emmett are you the Jedi is he the Jedi master uh, yeah, can we bro- get what What should we expect from Emmett? I was what gonna should, say, Emmett,
2: Emmett does come from my coaching tree, but yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> the determine bro- if he's grown, like, the, the rotten branch or like the good branch that's really you know gonna <laughs> bloom by itself. Still to be determined, we don't know how his apples taste yet. That came oh. out, <laughs> yikes!
0: <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know, maybe maybe Revolution Brewers, maybe Revolution Brewing will make a cider out of uh, Emmett's apples at some point in time, but <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. All right. Well, A dub's final episode, uh, episode number seventy-five. We're gonna miss you, brother. Thanks for all that you did for the show and for the Chicago fire. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Emmett, welcome aboard. Please don't screw it up. Um, you know, this is very important and you've been given a, a mighty task of dealing with Arlo and I, which is not going to be easy, as I'm sure you've already picked up on. Um, but anyway, this has been episode number 75 of the Intercontinental Football Show, 5 o'clock Central kickoff time at SeatGeek Stadium this Sunday against NYCFC. If you haven't done so already, go to ChicagoFireFC.com and get your tickets. Let's get Seat Geek rocking. We're in a proper playoff hunt. What more could you want? We will talk to you on Sunday night, and we will see you next week right here on the Intercontinental Football Show.